0: CHAPTER Six: THE PRINCIPIA MATHEMATICA Throughout history, the appearance of a bright comet has been an event that stirred the fears and emotions of men and women. In the skies over England in 1680, a comet appeared, and Newton and the other astronomers of England and the continent tracked and observed this celestial phenomenon. Newton first observed the comet with the naked eye on December 12th, when its tail was as broad as a full moon and stretched over the full length of King's College Chapel. The comet was also observed by the young astronomer Edmund Haley, who was a new fellow of the Royal Society. This comet would turn out to be the brightest comet of the 17th century and was even visible during daylight hours. Haley served occasionally as an assistant to the Astronomer Royal, John Flamsteed, who was a clergyman and a self-educated sky-watcher. The astronomer royal appointed by the king in 1675 was responsible for creating and equipping an observatory at Greenwich on the River Thames. Flamsteed's position was not purely scientific, but also very practical. He would take accurate star positions to improve the accuracy of star charts used by navigators. Prior to the arrival of the Magnificent Comet in November of 1680, European astronomers had recorded a small, faint comet that appeared in the November pre-dawn sky. Flamsteed was starting to believe the small pre-dawn comet and the giant comet that was visible from December 1680 until May of 1681 were related, and maybe one and the same. For many years, a debate had been brewing in the scientific community on the nature of the orbit of comets, and more generally the orbits of the planets around the sun. Edmund Haley visited Cambridge in late summer of 1684 to talk with Newton regarding the shape of the orbit of planets under the inverse square law of attraction with the sun. Newton stated that the nature of the orbit would be elliptical. He had previously worked out this calculation, but was unable to find it to give it to Haley. Newton promised the calculations to Haley and sent them to him in a few months. Newton's response to Halley took the form of a nine-page manuscript of the motion of bodies in an orbit. The manuscript derived the three laws of Kepler, assuming an inverse square law of force between two objects and generalized the results of non-circular orbits. The method of solution Newton had proposed also allowed for motion of a body through a resistive medium. Halley was so impressed with Newton's work that he went to visit him again in November of 1684. Hadley convinced Newton to continue his work in the area of orbits and present his work to the Royal Society. Newton threw himself into the work of writing the Principia Mathematica. For a year and a half, he was totally absorbed in his work. According to his secretary and copyist of the period, Humphrey Newton, he worked long hours and sometimes forgot to eat or sleep. Apparently, at this time, He was devoted to work that would become his masterpiece and would have a lasting impact on science. Newton expanded his thoughts to the orbits of comets. If they obeyed the same laws of nature as the planets in their orbits about the sun, they also must be an extreme case. He needed firm observations of the comet to validate his theoretical findings, and for that he wrote to Flamsteed. Newton also requested observations of the moons of Jupiter and on the tides. Newton knew that if this celestial body was to be valid, all phenomena must obey. Edmund Halley played a key role in the development of the Principia. He was able to smooth out the differences between Newton and Hooke, who claimed that he had previously discovered the law of inverse-square attraction and communicated it to Newton. Newton, being in an irrational mood, had decided not to publish the third volume of his work dealing with dynamical astronomy, but Halley convinced Newton to allow publication of this volume. It was Halley that saw the work through publication and paid the cost of printing. The Royal Society endorsed publication of the manuscript, but didn't fund the project. They left the finances to Halley. When the Royal Society received the completed manuscript of Book 1 in 1686, Hooke accused Newton of plagiarism. Hooke's claim that he had discovered the inverse square law of attraction was proven false, but it did add fuel to the feud between the two men. By midsummer 1687, Newton's masterwork, The Principia, was published. The book was immediately hailed as a masterpiece.